1: And a good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to this edition of Nature Notes with our naturalist friend, Jim Gilbert, brought to us by Cardinal Corner and By the Yard Patio Furniture. We'll talk with Jim about that great uh, furniture. Danny Long here, I want to talk. Well, I've been telling you about Cardinal Corner, what, nine, ten years now? Have you been there yet? Well, if not, don't wait. Check it out. Pam and Lee, they own and operate this store. A couple of locations in the West St. Paul and Newport Center, reminding us February is National Bird Feeding Month. It's true. They've got all sorts of tips, too. I remind you this every week. They have a newsletter. They've got their February Cardinal Corner newsletter. You can subscribe online. Easy to do. Just go to cardinalcorner.com. And, of course, they've got beautiful, unusual selection of bird feeders, bird baths, bird houses. Not to mention the gifts. A lot of folks don't know. They've got home decor, things like purses, scarves, jewelry, kitchen items. Not only items made in America, but made right here in Minnesota. Lee and Pam. They're located in West St. Paul, Butler, and South Robert. Amy's at the Newport Center. They always like to chat with you. Call them, 651-455-6556, or visit them online at cardinalcorner.com. You've got to check it out. hope you do. You'll see that Cardinal Corner really is more than just a bird seed store. And good morning to you, Jim Gilbert. That trip sounds phenomenal.
0: Oh, doesn't it? You know, 11 days, Norway and Iceland. Uh, coming up September 9th to the 19th, Sandy and I have been to Norway and enjoyed the beauty of the fjords and 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 seeing some of the same places we'll be going to Bergen and Oslo and so on. And uh, I'm looking forward to the stunning scenery and the geothermal areas and the historic sites of Iceland. So if anybody's interested, call 6513989358 or Check the web, defineddestinations.com. Mike Kenny does a nice job of putting these things together. Well,
1: oh, that's for sure. Sounds like a great time. Well, we had, oh. <laughs> Jim and I, we've talked midweek, but I, I, I wanted to explain a little bit about what happened last week with, li- <laughs> with live radio. Uh, some folks thought I abandoned you, but in reality, uh, management had asked me to do uh, the show, the following show, the Healthy Matters Show, from down to the Cambria Gallery. So I didn't say why, but maybe I should have, <laughs> but I went I went down. It t- takes a couple of flights. You can take the elevator. That takes a while. But I said, Jim, uh, I'm going to have to run down there, there, so you you take over, and uh, let's hear your nation. Notes. I can
0: imagine you running down there. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so unfortunately, to make a long story short, we could not connect to the server in New York, which is... On a remote—that's more than I even know about. But we we could not connect via uh, the computers and all of that stuff, even with a good engineer like Jump and Joe Jankus. So I said, "I'm going back upstairs." So it took another trek to uh, come back. So that's the reason why I would never abandon Jim Gilbert. So don't get mad oh, at me.
0: <laughs> no, you know, no, it, it it all worked out fine. It did. It know, did in, in the end. And. And that's what uh, real radio is all about. It really it?
1: is, yes. Well, let's yeah. let's let's have a for real nature
0: notes today. Well, sure. Uh, Sandy and I are here at our cabin near Ski Hill Road in, at Lutzen. And, you know, driving from Duluth to Lutzen was really interesting on, on Friday afternoon. We saw these huge sheets of ice, and a good share of them, more than a mile long, um, goes out on Lake Superior. And... Uh, you know, and of course, there's large areas of open water too. See, so these are beautiful blue areas. But then we started noticing along the shoreline rocks the, uh, the ice formations and um, from the wave spray that had come up. Well, on Friday night on a TV news broadcast coming from Duluth, we found out that 59% of Lake Superior is ice covered. And you know, with the cold temperatures that we've had. Um, all the way, well, through February, but of course, some colder than normal temperatures in January. This lake could freeze over again this year.
1: Isn't that something? If
0: it will or not, but it, it doesn't freeze over very often, but it, but it could. But Sandy and I came to Lutzen this weekend to attend the memorial service for our, our friend David Brisland. And as I told you too, Denny, for the last 12 years, I, I don't know where time goes, I've called. David and Mary Brislin is at their home on the ridge above Lake Superior at Luton to find out what they have been observing outdoors, you know, during the last few days. And then they would share that with me, and then I could share it with the listeners through Nature Notes on WCCO Radio on Sunday mornings. David passed away the last day of January from cardiac arrest. He taught art, social studies and served as a football, basketball, and track coach for 33 years at Isle High School. That's on the southeast end of Mille Lacs Lake. Mary also taught at the same school. After retirement, they moved to the North Shore, built the, actually built their own home, and uh, became active members of the Lutheran community, including singing in the church choir. And boy, that church was packed yesterday.
1: Oh, I bet it was. That's, that's sad news.
0: Oh, it is. And, you know, I'll just say, David enjoyed 15 years on the ridge above Lake Superior for its scenic beauty and wildlife photography, which he loved and shared with many, many people through all kinds of publications. And, of course, obviously his family and I and many others miss David greatly. But I wanted to tell people about him because special, special uh, person here along the, the North Shore
1: I'm glad you did to, to tell us and, and I'm glad you brought it to my attention too Jim thank you
0: yeah well, um here this morning, can you believe i, I think it's about ten below. I don't know my thermometer with
1: officially okay. i just it just changed to two below here officially
0: oh, two below. okay well, we have partially partly cloudy skies, and I can see this kind of banana shaped moon out there and uh but it you know typical um Day uh, along the North Shore, I guess. But in the Twin Cities area, sun rose at our, yeah, it's going to rise in just a few minutes, 720, set to 536. And so today in the Twin Cities area, we have 10 hours, 16 minutes of daylight. We have gained 19 minutes of daylight since last Sunday. And get this one, Danny. An hour and 29 minutes is the total daylight gain since December 21st, the winter solstice. So we could say we've gained an hour and a half. Excellent. Oh, I know. The normal high for the Twin Cities is 28, normal low 11. We're well below that today. But records for today, February 11th in the Twin Cities, high 57, said 136 years ago in 1882. Low. Minus 31 said in 1899, the most snow ever recorded on this date came on this date 39 years ago in 1979, uh, 4.1 inches. And we have this what I call waning crescent moon rose this morning at 4:30. I think Denny was probably already at work. Oh yes. Getting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you right, getting your wits about you, and gathering the news and everything you need to what you That's need. Right. To know.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: But our next full moon is um, March 1st. Now, we kind of forget, um, you know, what's happened a year before. But last year, with high temperatures in the 40s, on February 10th and 11th, that would be the equivalent to yesterday and today, southern Minnesota maple syrup producers were tapping their trees and collecting the first sap. On Diana and Dave Herring's farm near Waterville, this was the earliest in 50 years of maple syruping that was done on that farm. And that was, we're talking about last year. So, uh, we're looking forward to warmer temperatures, but every year is different. Um, It's now time for house finches to begin singing and for cardinals to sing loud and long. Downy And red-bellied woodpeckers can be heard drumming on resonant tree trunks and limbs and other signal posts. They do this to announce territories and establish pair bonds. Anyone who has European starlings in their locality should see some individual birds with at least partially uh, or partly yellow beaks. It usually starts at the base and moves out, and so it would still be black at the end. But at nesting season, as nesting season approaching, a starling's bill changes from black to yellow. And the starling itself is not native to the United States, but was introduced to New York City from Europe in 1890. Great horned owls are on nests incubating eggs. They are Minnesota's earliest nesting bird. Bar owls carry on hooted dialogues with each other. So they're going to be nesting in the next few weeks. Ringneck pheasants can be seen in soybean and corn uh, stubble fields and also up in um, sumac shrubs eating the berries. At feeding stations, ringneck pheasants really relish uh, corn kernels. At least, well, at least 10 years ago, Fred Struck from traverse Des Sioux Garden Center in St. Peter told me that on or close to February 11th each year, as the sun rises higher in the sky, plants and greenhouses come out of dormancy and start growing. Now, other greenhouse keepers in the Twin and southern Minnesota areas have also noticed this, and that at these, these greenhouse plants begin growing on February 11th, just like Fred Struck said. On sunny days after February 11th, greenhouses become hot and humid, even on cold days. That is so interesting. And I know it's true because there's a greenhouse at the Minnesota Landscape Arboretum that I get get into quite often. And all last week, it was cold. And now, I'm sure, starting today and tomorrow and the next day, it'll be warm. And then also, Denny, the interiors of our cars... Now we'll warm up when parked in the sunlight.
1: It's really true, Tony. And I went to lunch yesterday, and uh, and I was just feel. I was telling us, I, I feel that sun's heat, even with yeah. the, the heater on. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. That's a you know. I was thinking about signs of spring as you were talking about warming up, and and our friends at by the yard, they're going to be at all these uh, home shows. Of course, as usual, they they always will uh, show up at those things, and they've got all these new pieces of furniture, Jim. As you know, uh, where they still talk about. And I forget to mention it, you mentioned it, but how quick of a drive down to the showroom. It's like 15 minutes oh. from 494 and you 169.
0: Know, once, you get, once you get to that task turnoff, it's just a few miles. Oh, absolutely. Over to the left. But the showroom is fantastic.
1: It really is. And you can get the same deals going there. Yeah, they have all those ideas, as you remind us. They have settings that, that you don't have to imagine it; they're really there. But they're going to be at the Home and Remodeling Show at the uh, U.S. Bank Stadium this coming weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're going to display all their furniture. You'll have a chance to to check it out. It's going to be kind of fun just to go to the U.S. Bank Stadium if you didn't get to the big game last week. But if you like gliders, I don't care what form you have, they'll have it there. And I'm going to give you a phone number. A lot of folks call. they got a brand-new catalog, as Jim and I mentioned before. And... uh uh, order it, call it, or head to the, uh, the, the showroom or head to U.S. Bank uh, Stadium coming up this weekend. But here's the toll-free number. A lot of folks call after Jim's show. Get that free catalog. Give you some good ideas. 877-220-0448. It's a recording. Just leave your address. As I said, a lot of folks call after Jim's show to uh, order that uh, catalog. Bytheyard.net is the website. You can do the same. But head to the U.S. Bank Stadium this coming weekend. Uh, and check and out if, the furniture.
0: And if you can't get one of those catalogs, the colored catalog. Oh there. yeah. Yes. Think it came spring. In the mail for us. Yeah. Know, seven, eight days ago. And if you
1: order the furniture, you don't have to pick it up now. They'll deliver it in the spring. So that's that's another good uh, good advantage. So see the good folks, family run business, wonderful people at oh, uh, yeah. at by the yard. Well, Jim, what else do you have this morning?
0: Well, Jenny Bolick, who uh, lives near Nurstrand, heard duet hooting by a pair of great-horned owls this past Thursday evening. That would be the 8th. Lately, wildlife photographer Paul Sunberg from Grand Marais has seen and photographed both saw-wet and boreal owls. Now, some people are really, really interested in owls because you don't see them that often. And even these wildlife photographers who spend hours and hours and hours outside search and search and search to try to find them. Ray and Marlene Simon, who live near the Cannon River on the edge of Northfield Report, in the last couple of days, um, just west of Northfield, along country roads, Ray saw a flock of 30 snow buntings, and he's been seeing horn larks in small groups, like three and four birds. Marlene spotted a flock of house finches eating buds from a black cherry tree in their yard on Thursday. Coming to their feeding station are deer, gray squirrels, red squirrels, cottontail rabbits, and probably a few other uh, furry creatures. But besides that, 18 bird species, including a dozen morning doves, up to 40 northern cardinals at one time. And I, I heard you talking about Cardinal Corner, and this is National Bird Feeding Week. So feed those birds, and these people have 18 different species coming. So besides that, pine siskins, American tree sparrows, and about 40 wild turkeys. At the University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum, located along State Highway 5, a couple miles west of Chanhassen, the Nordic ski trails are currently in good shape. Now in February, there's an indoor spring flower show. Uh, It's titled... Fragrances of Spring, Essence of Paradise. In the Oswald Visitor Center, that's at the Arboretum there, along with hundreds of orchids, visitors can view sculptures from the private estate collection of Minnesota's best-known sculptor, Paul Granlin. The sculptures are great. I went to see them just the other day. Diana and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, uh, report that Near Calcani yesterday, David spotted a uh, wild turkey up in a sumac shrub. Now, this is a big bird up in a sumac shrub trying to eat the, the red fruit. Last Tuesday afternoon, Diana saw four bald eagles in a short distance while driving near their home. Now, that seemed odd to her because there's absolutely no open water there. And I talked last week about if people want to see a lot of bald eagles, go along the Mississippi River in the Wabash area. Reed's Landing uh, to Wabasha, and you probably see at least 100 bald eagles. Early in the week, a female pileated woodpecker came to the herring's feeder and uh, was feeding upside down in the sewage feeder. And at the same time, the bird was feeding for about 10 minutes, but at the same time, sewage crumbs were falling below on the ground, Tree sparrows, juncos, blue jays, and northern cardinals gathered down below to feed on this. Do we have time for a little more?
1: Yes, we do, as a matter of fact.
0: Okay. Um, From late January into February is egg-laying time for great horned owls. Uh, Great horned owls are residents throughout Minnesota and actually throughout most of North America. what, What they like for a habitat would include, like, forest areas, large farm, woodlots, remote wilderness areas. They're rarely found in heavily populated urban areas. Great horned owls don't build nests, but take over old nests of large birds, such as those of the red-tailed hawk, osprey, bald eagle, uh, great blue heron, American crow, and even sometimes they use squirrel nests, the little nest right on the top of a big leafy squirrel nest. They also... uh, They also use tree cavities, natural tree cavities, and rocky ledges. Very little, if any, nesting material is added, but a central hollow is down and breast feathers are used. Two eggs are typically laid. Incubation of eggs is mostly by the female, and the male great horned owl brings her food. Eggs hatch in about 30 days. Incubating females often end up being partly to mostly covered by snow. (laughs) during snowfalls in January through February and into March. And I've seen that. I've seen them up in the tree, on their nest, and covered with snow. Great horned owls are the earliest birds to hatch young in Minnesota each year.
1: Jim, uh, before, before we yeah, run, run out of time, I wanted to mention Tim uh, sent a text earlier for you that he saw a big, okay. beautiful white snowy owl yesterday between Delano and Loretto. It was an amazing sight. And the question is, uh, how rare is that?
0: Very say? rare. Very. <laughs> wow. You know, like well, you know, when you get together with a, a bunch of birders that uh, you know, everybody probably has seen one. I've only seen a very few in my lifetime and I haven't seen one for like three years. Oh wow,
1: so it is rare.
0: Oh. No. Well yeah, and they're coming down from the north and you know, and they're, they're never very numerous. Owls never are.
1: Never are. Well, thank you, yeah. Tim, for that. And, Jim, thank you. And uh, let's uh, talk more next week if you have
0: time. I look forward to it. All thank right. you. Thank have you, Jim.
1: Yeah, Bye Have now. a good week. Jim Gilbert back next Sunday morning with more Nature Notes here on 830-WCCO.